Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 107 of Season 5 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Dave Palace of Five Minutes of Mystery. Welcome back, Dave. I'm going to have to handle this myself. Well, you're the only man who can do it. So. <laughs> First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to shoot that wing with all my bullets. So <laughs> that's the first thing I'm doing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so yesterday, we, well, so minute 107 begins with Esperanza cursing and ends with Grant uh, going down for the count. So we, we ended things yesterday with John uh, landing on the, the wing of this huge 747 in the middle of this blizzard. And he then decides that he's going to take off his jacket because apparently he's sweating and it's very hot and, you know, find a place to store it. And, you know, there's this little area which it'll fit perfectly in. And he just like jams it in the uh, aileron right there and, and it works. So, you know, and, you know, the, the end of yesterday's minute, Esperanza notices something. We're not yet sure what. And we'll we'll find that out today. So. Esperanza apparently notices right away that it is John, and he screams "Mierda!" Okay, do do you know any Spanish? Uh, a little, and also I'm pretty certain that's that's just like code for like like and and or damn it, because I I feel like that's when it's mostly used. Right. Yeah. Well, when I look, I looked it up and cursing the situation that you're in. Right. Well, when I looked it up, it means you know that that's what it is. It is a noun that means. Um, but there are other phrases that. that it could also mean go fuck yourself or fuck or something like that. So, you know, it dep- depends on depends on the 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 you know your your the way you want to translate it. I, I don't know Spanish, so you know anyone out there who knows Spanish who can who can enlighten us a little more. Uh, you know, is is this just a normal colorful metaphor that you can use for anything, or is it something specific? I, I don't know. Imagine imagine a Carmine Lorenzo with uh with a nice Spanish dictionary he gets like because he I mean he's like using the same five words of mclean for most of the movie so imagine he's like a spanish dictionary like, hold on mclean i'm going to curse you off real good you <laughs> you know, he just, i don't think he even needs to i think i think he, he does a good <laughs> enough job he does a good enough job in english i don't think he needs to, to try and find uh, another uh, language uh, to, to start doing it and then i agree I, I, I love i love how i i love stewart's response to it because stewart turns to him and goes what is he saying what what just happened or is he saying what did you just say you know which is it <laughs> are you think, are you I mean, are I you cursing it, or yeah, did something I, what happened yeah i think it's him being like it's a, it's a what now because yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact that he's looking outside is i think is when he's he's the side eye that because he, he knows that there are some unresolved things he knows mclean's been in his in his side the whole time like he's been taking what do you mean, he's, but he now, thinks so he thinks he thinks McLean's dead because because he shot him on the the snowmobile that that you know did the evil Knievel jump over the the truck and and explode. Yeah, but he doesn't know John's alive. Rip. You know, but yeah, but after he like after he uh you know saw the the, the he like, oh I'll get him in the cockpit he t- and he takes off the air you know and the jet. You're 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 right. You're right. He he, he saw the, he goes oh he's a luck he's lucky on that one and then he goes oh he know he really got him with the. With the with the jet or the other the jet the uh, yeah, the the ski we call it, the jet ski, um, 
Snowmobile, snowmobile. But, but yeah, snowmobile. But like, I feel like back of, the back of Colonel Stewart's head, he's like, but what if? And he's thinking about that, but he's keeping it to himself. He's like, well, Major Grant's here. Like, Major Grant didn't see anything. Like, he's, it's, probably, yeah, it's all good. You know, he he hasn't heard anything that, from the airport tower. So he probably, but the back of his head, he's like, but what if McLean isn't? And he's just like, back of his head, he's like, but what if? And so I think when he hears that, I think the, that little, like, little, that little, that little, that little noise in the back of his head got a little louder. And he's like, no, 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 no. You can't be, you can't be serious. You can't what still is, be alive. That, that's what he's <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he doesn't yet know that it that it's McLean, you know. And then and then uh, Esperanza answers his question and basically says, "There's something wrong. The ailerons. We can't take off." And then he looks out the window and goes, "Hijo de puta, it's McLean again." So I looked that up also, and that basically means son of a son of a whore. That's. Uh... <laughs> You know, I, I think in a, a lot of movies you'll hear someone call, calling calling someone else a, a, a puta or whatever. But you know, yeah. I, I had to look up that uh, hijo de means son of a. So, you know, it makes sense. You know, he he likes to yeah. swear in in Spanish. Uh, which isn't isn't Franco Nero like Italian though, or something like that? Oh yeah yeah yeah, he, yeah. yeah. yes he's Italian. Okay, he's Italian <laughs> playing Spanish. Yeah, he's uh, Italian who knows how to. I mean, where in Spanish? Look, it's one of the it's one of these things now where like we look back and we go, yeah, we kind of like put a uh, you know a white actor in this role. This, I mean, we put a Scottish actor, John Rice Davis, as an Egyptian, you know, uh, digger and a dwarf in, in, and in, a dwarf uh, Raiders <laughs> and a dwarf. Dwarf is like closer to Scottish stuff because we're like, well, it's fantasy and he's Scottish. Like it's a like, it's, it's 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 Tolkien worlds allowed. It's like it's one of those like. When he shows up in Indiana Jones Five, we're like, okay, that is the last grandfathered in time we do this. That's right. We promise after this we won't put European actors into other European roles. We promise. <laughs> maybe yes, maybe no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll see what they do when they if they decide to make another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's a good point. You you definitely make a good point with that. And at this point, Stuart starts losing his cool and he goes, son of a bitch. And I, I like the fact that, that at that point, Grant is the one who volunteers and goes, I'll do him. <laughs> Meaning. You know, well, yeah, okay. no, I, was, I was thinking about that. Like, it's that I think the reason Grant goes first and the reason Stuart follows, I mean, don't even tell their guys is is two things. One. Carl Stewart's men have died several times trying to fight McLean, so he doesn't trust that. B, I think also his men are kind of smoking. They're probably drinking, so they're a little inebriated. So telling them to go out in a wing to fight McLean after they thought they did their job, you know? They got to the airport. They're all, like, smoking and drinking down the back of the plane. So to have, like, you know, to be like, all right, sober up. you got to fight McLean on a wing of a plane. They're like, what? So I feel like, and I also feel like the, the third option is, both Stuart and Major, they want they want some mono e mono combat, especially you know, Ma you know Major Grant's been playing friend to McLean for so long. He's probably like, yeah, I was next to him. Like I I do want to fight him. Like, he, I watched him like take out some of your men, and obviously Colonel Stewart's like I've been tag chiing all night, baby. I'll ready to roll. So I think it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit A, B, and C 
of right. why these two are first to unbuckle their seats and not even dress their own men about it. They're not even telling them. Because like right. the other guys are just like, you can see them in the back. They're just they're just kind of moseying on by themselves. They're smoking, they're drinking. And at no point do they even, they even look at like Curl Stewart and Major Grant. Like, where are they going? Where are they going on the wing of the plane? That's they're, right. they're oblivious to the fact <laughs> that like their, their officers are about to like, you know, fight a guy out on the, on the wing. Right. Well, we'll get there in a second. We're, we're not we're not there yet. So all first, right, all right. Um, so I'm excited. I know you're excited, and I'm I'm glad that you're excited, and, and it, it's great. That's the way we. That's the way I want my guests to feel. I want them to be <laughs> excited. Right, I will you're doing. You are doing I a. Will let you, I will sit back and let you No, you're doing. You're doing a great job, Dave. Don't worry about it. It's it's fine. But <laughs> no, but my, I was thinking that maybe one of the reasons that Grant is doing this because Grant is is sick of playing the charade, and he's like, okay, it's McLean. I'm gonna now let McLean know who I really. Liam. You know, he he only thought yeah. he knew yeah. who I was, and now I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show him. You know, that type of thing. And then yeah. Esperanza says something really, really strange. He goes, this time, do it right. Okay? But he's Ooh. saying that to Grant. You know, if he's saying it in general, it sort of makes sense because he knows that Stuart tried to, to kill uh, McLean already two times, or three times even. So he's, okay, let's give him another chance. But he says it to Grant, and you know, have they updated I, Grant yeah. on everything that's happened? You know, it's like, okay, guess what? McLean got into that in, into the uh, FM one and and used the ejector seat and and survived. Okay, McLean somehow was on a snowmobile that exploded and did an evil cleavel jump, and he still survived. You know, so and this survived time, gunfire when they did the duel, that's and right. he survived that too. So it's like he survived. Them shooting him three or four times with with MP5 with real bullets. Auto. That's right. Real bullets dodged it. You know, doesn't die from that. Does the leap over the, the truck on the highway, and yes, somehow doesn't die there. So I think it's him. He's yelling at Grant because now that they're together, it's kind of like the chain of command. Right. The general is telling the major that you and uh, and and uh, the colonel. Uh, are like you know? I, I, is it major above colonel? I don't remember. No, the rank. colonel's above major. major. Says, I, I, I always think of it. I always think of it from above. stratego. If you think of stratego, so a, a yeah. colonel is a three, and a major is a four because a number oh, the the okay. two the two is a general and one is a marshal. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. So that's how I always remember how ranks go because then you got you got five as a captain, six as a lieutenant, seven is a sergeant, eight is a scout. Oh, sorry. Eight is a miner, a, a uh, mine mine detector, and nine is is the scout. Yeah. That's and then then you got the spot. Okay. You know. So yeah, that's. So all right. Contigo. So then, then I. <laughs> so when he says I taught him everything he knows, I. When when what did you all right, when you got to that when you were at that scene then what does that mean then? That it means it did, means that major... it means that 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 Grant was his superior. At some point, and uh-huh. and therefore, um, Stewart somehow surpassed him because Grant was staying there. You know, okay. Grant Grant basically wanted to continue uh, running Blue Light or whatever it is. You know, which makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Okay. You know, so he didn't he didn't want okay, a promotion right, yeah, to to do a desk job because basically, from uh, what we can infer is is that Stewart was doing a desk job because he became somewhat of a politician. I mean, he's supposed to be Oliver North. True. Okay, and at the beginning, yeah. you you mentioned yesterday about the you know the, at the beginning they show the news reports. So in the news reports they show uh, footage of 
Stewart next to Esperanza as they are signing agreements. Yes. You know, they're they're in some they're signing some sort of treaty or whatever it is, you know. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. It's just uh so and that that makes sense from that from that perspective. And then Stuart turns to Esperanza and says, You just get us in the air, General. You're the only man who can do it. So I, I have a few problems with this line. First is is you know, we are both about to go out on the wing. Get us in up in the air. No. <laughs> Wait until we come back in the plane. <laughs> Let us, you know, yeah. get get this bug off the windshield and then 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 take off. You know, not not to say you get us in the air. And then the fact that he says you're the only man who can do it, you know, is that poor planning also that there's not a single other guy who knows how to fly? Yeah, I mean, that's what the weirdest thing about it is that like General must have told him weeks ago, I will fly the plane. And they said, all right, like, that's it. Like, we're not going to invest any more worry about the plane. We'll just make sure we get a plane and we'll make sure General and like, that's it. Like, General will fly us out. So they were kind of but like. But again, you need to have, it. Like, you need to have a plan B for that type of thing. Yeah. You know, I just, I just I recently. For these guys that had many plans, yeah. Right. I, I recently watched uh, We Were Soldiers, you know, with, uh, mm-hmm. with, with Mel Gibson, right? And one of the. the Mel Gibson. The, yeah, Mel Gibson when he was still normal, I guess you can say. Um, and in that movie, one of the things that they talk about, and it's a movie about Vietnam. It's one of the first major battles of Vietnam. And he, when he's training his men, he tells them every single one of them, you are to learn the 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 job of the person immediately above you, so that if they get killed, you can take over their yeah. their thing. So I mean that that's a great way to look at it from a military perspective. That okay. Everyone needs to be able to to have multiple uh, jobs that they can do. I mean, the jobs that all of Stewart's men here, they're they're not very good shots, okay, because they miss just about every single time, which is why McLean is still alive, okay. That's first of all, and you know their training must be in taking over small airports or something like that because this is where they get the skills to you know to to run the uh, you know all all of the air control stuff. You know, I don't. I don't know what other skills they yeah, have. Okay. So John Leguizamo, his skill is welding, right? Um, no, yeah, it's Leguizamo. You gotta, you gotta juice it. It's Leguizamo. Leguizamo, Leguizamo, Mirda. Leguizamo, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mirda, <laughs> Mirda the puta. <laughs> so you know what's so weird is that they dubbed over him and stuff. They thought they told him it was too short, and I was like, if you step back, if you step back and realize. You're casting a, a, a small Spanish man that knows Spanish in a group of white American soldiers whose whole job is to infiltrate and bust up commies in South America. He's the perfect guy. That's right. He's the guy who's not going to stand out. Yeah, I think you I put him. Miller, put him in a, Miller's <laughs> the one who stands out. <laughs> yeah, it's like you put him in a in a in a in a, in a, in a coca farmer shirt. He's gonna talk Spanish and like he's gonna infiltrate all the all the drug cartel and commie like infiltration things. All these are like the rest of these guys are like tall white boy farmers and yeah, black guys. It's like you're, you're the ones gonna stand out. <laughs> you guys all look like you came off of uh right from Fort Bragg, you idiots. Like John's the one who lets you look the part. It's just funny. Like it's just something that it's totally short-sighted, and I'm I'm glad. Leguizamo's had a great career post this because it's a shame that like they wasted the fact that he was there and they could have done they could have did something with his character and they just 
they squandered it. Yeah, but he always gets to say, I was in Dire. <laughs> dire 2. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I love when, when Leguizamo talks about, like, being in other films and, like, he loves, I can, you can tell he loves breaking balls on sets. Uh, so I, I love when he tells his anecdotes about working on films. Like, like I said, we'll get to one of those movies later this week that I think you know if I'm talking about. He loves telling a couple stories about when he was on in the film. Yes, yes. I know exactly, right. I know exactly what as, you're as talking you said, about. the guy yeah. on the plane. So, again, it doesn't, right. you know, you know. it doesn't make sense that, that he's the only one who knows how to fly. You know, you you, <laughs> you gotta have a spare. So again, you know, and and then O'Reilly is is good at painting. You know, O'Reilly's Robert Patrick. <laughs> you know, it's like what what else? Yeah. What are these skills that these guys have? Because again, they they can shoot SWAT guys, but they 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 miss everything else. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a little strange. You know, you, when it comes to infiltration, yeah, when it, when it comes to infiltration, I think Gruber's men are better at it than. Uh, than than Stewart's men. Um, I don't know. I don't Simon, know. Franco, Simon. Franco, Franco, and and uh, and Heinrich didn't do such a good job of of taking out John yeah. when when they walked into the into the boardroom, you know. So but, I don't know. No, I, I meant to, I meant to say Simon, Simon Gruber. Uh, Simon Gruber. That was good. Oh, okay. Okay. Simon Gruber's guys are good. They're good infiltration. They say it's raining dogs and cats. I was gonna say, there. except for talking about dogs and cats, they're good. That was what exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> it's on Detective Otto. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they don't know the lottery numbers. Uh, other than that, though, <laughs> and and uh, and they're they're also going to get in the lift, you know. <laughs> yeah, get to the lift. Yes. Oh my God. Oh Whoa. man. It's like it's a it's reverse. It's reverse a glorious bastard scene. It's like these Germans that like slip up. <laughs> Like Americans, they slip up. We're like, no, I know you're German. I know you're European. It's a day is long. I got your ass. It's <laughs> oh, very no. true. Very true. So, <sighs> so yeah. And then as they're walking out of the room, Esperanza says to them, "Don't shoot. The wing is full, fully fueled." Hello. Don't they know that already? You know, like, why do they need to be told? I mean, it's it's. I guess it's good well, good to remind them. But I think it's, it's, it's to tell us. He just said, oh, up. <laughs> Esperanza is having a very long night. He thought, I mean, like, as the general, I'm sure he took a lot of responsibility in making sure the plan was good. And so to be in fact, like, okay, I, you know, I got, sh- I, got, I, got I got a little, suddenly, you know, the, not wounded. He got wounded, no, he got wounded by John. But he's like, you know, I, I got, I'm going to land this plane. I'm going to get out of my military th- uniforms. Then some cop shoots me. Bust my plan of escape. You can't kill him several times. And now it's like he's jammed my wing. He's just like, I've had a night, and all I needed you guys to do was kill this one cop. This one. He's, he's probably, think about all the time Joe Esperanza has dealt with, like, local cops in, in, in um, Val Verde. He's probably like, I either, I either pay him off or I kill them. Simple as that. You guys can't do it? This one guy? You know where he is. It's like he's hiding. He like comes out of the sewer grate. You just shoot him, and there he's just like, I'm so mad at you. Hey, by the way, the wing also is full of fuel. So can you not shoot the wing of the plane? That's all I ask of you. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's just Esperanza being that like I never had to deal with this nonsense in Val Verde. I come into DC. You guys can't handle one cop. I don't get this. Right, but I mean, one of the things that guy doesn't even have a jacket right now. 
That's true. And one of the things that we talked about earlier, which which you, you might not be aware of, is the fact that that there's also a little bit of, of a discrepancy as to what Esperanza knows about the plan. He doesn't know the whole plan because he was shocked when Grant and his men showed up at the church. So he didn't oh. know that 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 these guys are with them. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, I so he might not also know about the, the 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 change in with the bullets. He might not know all of those things. You know, I think he You are right. You're right. I think he left the planning to Stuart and Stuart, you know, and and the recruitment to Stuart. Yeah. You know, but but then so again, right. he probably was not a bullet. All right. Then again, you know, you think he'd be a little surprised that, you know, when he shows up and there's five guys that are left alive. You know, and and isn't curious where you know maybe they have another, you know, twelve guy or eleven guys because uh, you can't really uh, count Telford. Um. <laughs> imagine, oh no no no, dude! Imagine imagine he, when he was back at the church before Grant's men showed up, he was like, "Did you have more men?" Like he goes to one of the guys, like, "Did you have more men in your squad?" Like, yeah, they were taken out tonight. Oh, by the police. Like, it was like this one cop. And he's like, "There's a one cop." And like, was that the guy who shot me? That's the guy who's been taking – he's just like – you know, like, Jedi Esperanza is holding his arm, getting bandaged up, and he's like – or he's probably talking like Osama because, like, Osama's bandaging That's up. That's right. And he's like, did you guys have more men fly when I last saw you? He's like, oh, yeah, we lost some guys. They all got killed by this one cop. Wait, the same cop that shot me and then ejected out of the plane when we tried to blow it up? Yeah, that that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Esperanza's is like, I can't believe it. He's just kind of like, is this plane going to fail? He's probably sitting there with – Bleeding, like, is this plane going to fail? And that's what he says. Like, the, the the soldiers are here, and he's like, "What? Don't worry, we have a plan." Okay, <laughs> fine, Stewart. Yeah, I don't want to go on tonight. This is a <laughs> mierda. Exactly. Like, he's been saying yes. that. He's been saying that all night. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but so, yeah, but it could be that the response. Tired at the it could be that the response that that they'll give to Esperanza is okay. So it's it's the, you know everyone gets a larger cut. You know, same thing with with Gruber. You know, with with Hans. You know, yeah. when when they lost men, so everyone's share you know goes up, or at least Hans's share goes up because I doubt he was splitting it evenly with everybody. You know, he was probably yeah, saying I mean, each of them, all right, here's here's a hundred thousand dollars to yeah. each you, you know, whatever it is. I. I feel like Major Grant gets – he asks for one lump sum, and then he just kind of distributes it amongst his men. Because imagine his men didn't work nearly as hard as Colonel Stewart's men did tonight. Like his men literally walked back and forth in the in the security conference room and back and forth to the pilot's briefing room. And that, and then they did the little shootout, and that's it. That's right. Like you know, they, they, they had – Well, they found, they, found, they found that huge box that, that – that uh, Miller somehow put in the, uh, you know, in, in the luggage area. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they, I mean, they probably knew where to look. Yeah. Cause they're like, yeah, we, you know, so, I mean, they had that plan where it's like, okay, when we do that, we're going to lose some of the yeah information contact to the tower. But at the same time, it's fine because we're now on to like the extraction part of the plan. So, you know, the fact that they, we still cut their power. Like they still, that's the problem, right? Is that, Dulles still can't control the planes. They can only tell them we're being taken over, but because of the C the the C four in the church, they can't go in there. Right. Well, in the script, and in the script, the C four was real, and the the church blew up. So, which is which is funny how like that doesn't happen. 
Like, I thought it's like maybe they just say it wasn't cost effective because it's like we're going to have another explosion with the. Right. With that's the, what uh, that's the conclusion the that Travis and I came to that conclusion last week that it was the probably for the, because of the budget that they didn't blow it up. But I also I think it's good because it gives Major Grant's men an excuse to keep everyone back for longer. Right. Because it's like you don't want to approach it because you don't want to be the guy that accidentally blows up the church. Right. So they're kind of like, well, we're going to have to wait for the, the real bomb squad to show up and major Grant's men leave. So it's just a bunch of like, it's a bunch of, you know, Dulles airport police being like, like yeah, I'm not crossing that picket fence. No way. <laughs> That's right. So, so it, it does, it, 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 it stalls it where if it's like, if the church blows up, then they will realize, okay, the church blew up. Now we can start looking at all the piping systems and electronics around it. Right. But if you have the bomb here, the tension is that we can't enter it, and that stalls because that's more planes that are not going to be able to land. Right, that's true. So at, at this point, then Grant and Stewart leave the cockpit and they they go down a flight of stairs uh, towards the the door to the airplane, and they they pass all their men as you mentioned earlier uh, today, you know, and and nobody bats an eye. Nobody's like, where are you guys going, and why did you just open up the door, you know, to the emergency exit, you know, that type of thing. Nobody cares. You know, I guess you, you don't okay. you don't question your, your superiors in those situations. You know, and then, then we get a quick shot of Esperanza again, who looks pretty nervous as to what's going on. And then Grant looks out through the, the peephole window of the of the emergency exit and he sees the jacket and decides to open the door. You know, and then you know he he gets out and you know it's it's I don't know. It's it's just very strange. It looks very heavy for him to open the the door, and you'd think that that these doors are made so that anyone can really open them up. You know, you have you have flight attendants and maybe passengers on planes and stuff like that that need to open these things in emergency situations. So, like, why would they make it seem so heavy for him to open it? I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, he's going. He's probably purposely going slower now. Because, yeah, it's like, well, I don't want my own men falling off the wing of the plane. They can't see McLean, so they could be like, he could have also fell off. So they're kind of like, he might be gone, so all we have to do is just get the decode on. So he probably like, he probably slows the plane down to probably like 20 miles per hour right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I assume right now they just think that McLean probably fell off after he put his jacket. Because right. it got too cold, so he probably like, he kind of got blown off. Could be. But it's so funny how like somehow McLean is you're gonna find out he's hiding. Yeah, we, we don't know where he's hiding. I was just and, about to say that he because Grant like jumps down onto the onto the wing and then out of nowhere John jumps yeah. from behind him. So I don't I don't know where John was really hiding. Maybe he was hiding where like when you open the door he would be behind it. But in order to jump he would need to be a little elevated. You know I don't think he would at the same yeah. plane be able to jump on him. So I don't know. It's, it's honestly, a little strange. Yeah, he, he comes yeah, out of nowhere. If, if he was. If he wasn't, yeah, exactly. If he didn't come out of like nowhere, Stewart would have just shot him right in the back. Then like, all right, that's it. That's right. Done. Because he would have been like right there on the side of the door. He'd be like, oh, I'm not shooting at the wing. I'm shooting at you know, right. Man, I mean, John there. comes from like the left hand side when he jumps on him. Yeah. So and and I have no idea where that is because you know when we see Grant come out of the door, so he opens the door up to the right, and so John is is you know out of camera shot on the left somewhere. But I have no idea where he jumps from. Absolutely no clue. So he jumps on him and knocks him over. And Stuart then, uh, you know, 
uh, stands in the 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 entrance of the door and and lifts up his gun a little bit. And then John starts to fight with Grant, and he he punches Grant in the face, and Grant uh, falls down as if he just got like the the wind beaten out of him just by John. And as he's basically falling down, that's the end of this minute. You know, we'll we'll get a little bit more of a fight tomorrow between the two of them. And I do like the tight, tight, tight. I do like the fact that they have decided they they still are you know doing a good job with the red and blue tape on on the ammo clips because Stuart is standing there with the red ammo clip, which is what he should be having. So that works. Yes. You know they they. They, they they did a nice job with the continuity on that that perspective. So I like that. And and that's pretty much how this minute ended. Do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? No, 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 no. I, I, yeah, tell me. I would tell you if there's any little yeah details they they missed in the script they didn't put in the movie. All right, great. So the the, the script again, as I mentioned yesterday, most of the script this week is just very descriptive. Uh, it does start off with Esperanza swearing, and he says, uh, you know, Merde. And then Stuart says, what? And then he goes, the airline. line. Something's wrong. We can't take off. He looks out the window and reacts to the hydraulics groaning because McLean is jamming his jacket into the groove where it hinges. And then it yeah. says, they can't f- believe this. <laughs> then Grant <laughs> stands up and says, I'll do him. Stuart <laughs> then says to Esperanzo, you just get us in the air, General. You're the only one who can do it. Stuart and Grant cock their weapons and move to the door. Grant opens it. Exterior on the wing, Grant stands there, wind whipping him. No McLean, just the jacket, flapping in the groaning airlock. Grant starts out. Wham! McLean appears from behind the door, trips him. Grant's gun bounces off the wing, falls to the ground, rushing past below. So, you know, he doesn't make the comment in the script about the whole idea of don't shoot because the the wing is filled with uh, bullets. Oh, uh, sorry. The wing is filled with <laughs> with uh, fuel. fuel, 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 not bullets. And don't they don't, it with your bullets, they don't yeah. want it filled with bullets. They want it filled with fuel. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's. I I like the the added touch that they add that in the movie just to say it, you know, because it just doesn't work as well in the script where it isn't mentioned, you know, except for the fact that you know they go out there with their guns and and the reason that John doesn't get shot by Grant is because he's able to knock Grant's gun off of him and the gun falls down onto the snow. So I don't know. It's a little strange, but that that's all we have for the script for, for, for today. Every Tuesday I have a segment called disaster Tuesday, where basically what I do is I take, I, I tell a little tale of some airplane disaster that, that, that happened and that is related in some way to some uh, famous person that we, that we all might know. So, uh, what I chose for you, or for this week, is uh, do you know who? Well, actually, you probably know who it is. Do you know who Audie Murphy is? Was Audie Murphy? Audie Murphy, not Eddie, no, not I'm sorry. not Eddie Murphy. Audie. Yeah, Murphy. Yeah, then no, 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 you got me. Okay, so Audie Murphy was actually a uh, he was a soldier, and then he became an actor. He was a soldier during World War II. He became the most decorated American combat soldier of World War II. They, they 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 have a movie about him also called The Hell and Back, where he actually plays himself. Um, he received the Medal of Honor uh, at the age of 19 for holding off a, uh, an entire company of German soldiers for an hour 
during a battle. So he became an actor afterwards. He was in a whole bunch of different movies and he became very famous. And he ended up becoming a, uh, you know, the CEO of, of a company. And on the 28th of May, 1971, he was on a private plane where he was a passenger that they were uh, uh, flying north of uh, Roanoke, Virginia. And it was very, there was a lot of rain and clouds and fog and zero visibility. And the plane ended up crashing and killing uh, all five people on board, the pilot plus the four of them, the four passengers. Uh, It took them uh, three days to actually locate the plane and know what had happened. He ended up uh, being buried in uh, Arlington. Where did where did the plane crash? It crashed fourteen uh, miles northwest of Roanoke. It crashed into the side of a mountain. Oh wow! Yeah. So and and when they were trying to find out what happened, so they basically attested it to the fact that there was near zero, zero visibility and that the pilot, uh, even though he was a very tra- he was a trained pilot, he wasn't trained well enough in that particular plane that he was flying. And so, you know, he was, uh, uh, so he was buried in Arlington Cemetery. His grave site is the second most visited grave site at Arlington. Whose do you think is, is the most visited grave? You have a guess? Uh, is it JFK? Yes, it is. is. Yeah, there? JFK. Okay. Yep. JFK, right. Did you talk about, um, this season. Did you talk about Emilio Carranza? Mm, doesn't sound familiar. Top of your head, you don't remember? Does the reason I bring it up is because we're we're talking about plane crashes essentially. Yeah. Um he was a uh, a Mexican pilot in the twenties, I believe, and he did uh this goodwill flight from uh, Mexico City to DC, and apparently they do it every year. Um and in nineteen twenty eight um, I think a storm or something threw him off, and he crashed in the middle of the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. And it took a while for them to find it because in the 20s, like the Pine Barrens were legit, were just that. And I think they eventually found the plane, and they had to dig a road, cut trees, and dig a road out to him so they could get his body remains and his uh, plane. And now there's a memorial there in Tabernacle, out in the middle of the Pine Barrens. Yeah, in Tabernacle, exactly. Oh wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm also I'm also originally like, from Jersey, so remember. so I'm you know when that is true. And you know you mentioned you I, mentioned uh, you know Cherry Hill <laughs> yesterday, so I'm I'm familiar with Cherry Hill. You know, I, I grew up in Lakewood. You know, <laughs> was born born in okay. born in Tom's River, which which uh, which which I actually found out that the the hospital that I was born in, where, which my mother was also born in that same hospital, Paul Campbell Hospital, was the hospital where they took everyone from the Hindenburg accident. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, that was just like yeah. that. That was like crazy when I heard that. You know, so yeah, um, right. So you see, we got to talk about two two different crashes today. He yeah, he was the Lindbergh of Mexico. Emilio Carranza was the Lindbergh yeah, of Mexico. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I I was actually surprised. I I didn't know that 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 Audie Murphy died in a plane crash, but uh, unfortunately. Uh, you know, as as we've learned through this entire season, there are a lot of famous people who we never, who didn't really know, were, uh, you know, that died in plane crashes. I mean, I remember when JFK Jr. I was at a buddy's house, and we were up in the morning. We we're playing like Tony Hawk, 
I just remember his dad came in and was like, hey, I, I got to put the TV on. We're like, what? He's like, I got to put the TV on. We're like, okay. We're like, all right, mister. And, and, his, and my, my friend's dad, like, you know, we turn up the PlayStation. He puts on the TV and it's like the search for JFK Jr.'s plane. Like we just got word that I remember we were kind of like sitting. It was kind of like the sobering moment. Really. Like, I was like, I guess I'll just call my dad and uh, Alex. I'll, I'll catch you around later. We're all like, we just like woke up. We're having fun. And then it's like. And then we remember, and then they kept playing clips of like him. There's a JFK Jr. after his father, you know, was shot, and they're they're like, we're not sure where he is and his plane. So I, I remember that. Yeah, we're being there like when the news was reporting that. So yeah, there there are some moments where I do I do remember like those little those little times when there was a plane crash. Yeah, uh, we're, 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 we'll actually talk about uh, JFK Jr. Uh, in the future. We're not there yet. We okay. He's being saved for. For for a guest of mine from Boston, who you probably know who it is, Ooh. so you know he'll okay. he'll be on he'll I, be on I, in right. two weeks, I believe. So yeah. All right, looking forward to that. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, <laughs> I don't know which one wants to look forward to hearing stories about uh, plane dra- plane disasters, but yeah. <laughs> I, I understand. Okay, I'm, I understand. Feed, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling my feed and I see something yes. and you say it. Hey, today's episode. no, you're right. All right, you're right. I will. You're right. You're right. I'll take a little gander. There you go. I'll let my fingers do the walk-in. That is true. That is true. All right. So, Dave, you want to tell people uh, where they can find you? Um, yes. Yeah, so, as I was saying yesterday, um, Five Minutes of Mystery, that's my podcast where I talk about Mystery Men. I think it's my favorite comic book movie from 1999. It was a little – some of its jokes were just ahead of the time when it came to superhero stuff. So, if you haven't heard that, I'd love for you to uh, check out the feed and listen to that. Um, other than that, I, you know what, I'll say this. Uh, yeah, me and um, my, my podcast partner, Sean German, a couple of years ago, we, we finished up uh, Groundhog Groundhog Minute, and we went over the movie Groundhog Day one minute at a time. And we, we surprisingly, for a movie that likes to repeat itself, we got into a lot of interesting theories about just theology and one's, like, existence of time. So there's some, there's some uh, really good discussions I really like that we did. And that was, gosh, that was 2015 2016 is very very long ago now oh wow <laughs> yes these these time flies when you're when when you're when you're talking about movies minute by minute <laughs> oh yes oh yes exactly all right and finding me is very simple just do a quick search for a movie a minute you can find me on facebook you can find me on twitter or you can find me on my website movieaminute.com so until tomorrow yippee yippee tomorrow if there is one <laughs> If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and